Greetings Grapple fans, it's time once again for two wrestling fans to go through the wrestling knowledge base of one Dave Meltzer, a man both equally lauded and derided in equal proportion, and he loves to enjoy dealing with the derided people on Twitter. Oh yes, he does. Uh, I'm your co-host, Lorcan Mullen, and with me as always is my co-host. Cross. And we let, and this is Let Me Tell You Something, and we are back in the world of Joshi, Simon. It's been... Five years, and there have been a fair number of matches in between. Yep, tw- the last match we reviewed that was a, a Joshi match was the 10th match of the run, Chigusa Nagayo against Linus Asuka. And now we're in match number 30, which is Manami Toyota against Toshio Yamada. And there's probably like a generation or two of wrestling <laughs> wrestlers in between. I was going to say, we've, we've lost like five years, which is like most of their <laughs> career for like my, yeah. most of the people we saw before. Um very uh, very cleverly you had to say Joshi there because we have had a woman involved in one of the matches since then only very briefly well Medusa, Medusa yeah okay yeah a woman that did spend some time in Japan I think she was in JWP not AJW um, JWP was another great promotion but it just wasn't they were having the four star matches whereas it's sort of like the new Japan to this to this era's old Japan right. <laughs> as I'm far as Meltz is concerned um I might be completely wrong there, but there were other promotions around this time, and this was like the second. This was the last great hot period of all of uh, Joshi wrestling. And the interesting thing about this one is this is cross, not even cross cultural, because the culture basically flipped on its head. Uh, it's interesting reading up on this match on on uh, the Observer. Two things that are important to notice: one, Melton makes a note that the crowd in the previous eras were like ninety percent teenage girls, ten percent the rest. At this point, it's now 90% male. It's 10% mm. female. Uh, basically, the stigma that was attached to Japanese women's wrestling at that time in the 80s of it being like being a boy being into She-Ra or, or My Little Pony is yeah. not the case anymore because what they did in the mid in the early 90s was they would have women guest wrestle like on one match on other cards. And so men who wouldn't normally attend these matches suddenly saw that they were having amazing matches and so... The stigma was dropped, and it got to the point that later on in 1995, at the peak of this, which we'll, we've got a fair few number of these matches, one of them might be actually on this on that card. They sold out the Tokyo Dome to uh, with the Joshi wrestling matches. So this is a different kind, and it's very noticeable in the crowd. The crowd is not like when we were we watching the uh, Crush Gals matches. It was it's like a very Beatles, high pitch. It was like a Beatles concert. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was sustained throughout the whole thing. Um, Crowd's very weird in this match. Um, Maybe it's weird because we're expecting the other thing. If we, maybe. if it was like, if we just watch normal Japanese wrestling, not normal male-focused Japanese wrestling, the crowd doesn't sound that different. Mind you, we've just come from two matches where the crowd have been quite yeah. uh, well, especially involved. one of yeah. yeah. So the, the 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 notion of what a Japanese wrestling crowd is is obviously a bit of a misnomer. We've seen a wide variety as we've gone on. Yeah, in the six man tag, we saw very animated crowds. Yeah, yeah. So the crowd isn't that animated until towards the end. Um, but the the structure of it is quite similar to those ones where it's just it's very frantic at the start, and there are so 
many moves. That's <laughs> just Toyota must. Um, Manami Toyota <sighs> are about fifteen different types of suplexes. Yeah. Uh, Yamada is just loads of power moves as well, and just kicking the shit out of her in a variety of different ways. You seem underwhelmed, Simon. Now, this is difficult because uh, when we've done all the Joshi matches, I've not had a great deal of knowledge uh, beforehand before we started this series on it. But Manami Toyota is a name I had heard of mm. well before we went into any, like, anything near this kind of uh, depth that we're discussing now. So I, I, did have a, I did have in my head an expectation of how good this match was going to be. I know we try and approach it with an o- as much of an open mind you can when some explorers have been already preordained five stars. Um, I really didn't like this match. You didn't like it at all? No, I really, I just, there was just the pacing to me, whereas it was fine in the last two matches, more than fine in the last two matches, the pacing to me just seemed all wrong here. And the the key moment which sort of just completely disengaged Mick from the match is... Um, after Can, I make a guess? Can I make a guess? Is Go it on. Yamada hits like five straight backdrop suplexes and gets a two count? No, it's not that. Oh, actually. okay. It was before yeah. then, um, sadly. It was uh, Yamada's initial period of dominance where she has that single leg crab in for like a good minute, minute and a half, possibly even two minutes. I didn't time it exactly. Um, one thing which struck me as a little bit weird, but I sort of got past is Yamada seemed to voluntarily like break the hold, hit a backbreaker, then just reapply it. Um, but as oh, that seems to... like solid, that seems like solid psychology to me. Yeah, no, you I... try and get a submission hold off of the back. It doesn't seem like the back's hurt enough to get the submission. But she targeted okay, well, more I'll... the leg than I'll... the back. That's why it was confusing me because there was a lot of leg kicks beforehand. But the main thing uh, that was just like the amuse boost, the main thing that disengaged me. Uh, the main thing is after all this is over and Toyota's firing back. There's there's no telling that that any of that ever happened in terms of like the way she's like moving around the ring mm. it just seems to the first five minutes of the match just get binned off within like 30 seconds and it, there it is, really bugs me when that happens there is move spam i'll agree with you on that yeah um but to be fair like i said but like, you shouldn't be hitting chris like you shouldn't be hitting moonsaults without like any like hesitation after your knee's been attacked that much that recently it, i think it doesn't, doesn't help that we've We've just seen Kenta Kabashi do, like I said at the time, like Ricky Steamboat levels of selling on a knee injury. That well, the only time best. you do a list of anything, you've got to compare it. You do naturally compare it to other things. But even in but, isolation... But that, was, but that was the culture within All Japan where it's a lot more about the limb work, a lot more about sustained selling over a long period of time. Whereas yeah. a lot of the Japanese culture is about not showing pain in the wrestling matches. And, where I, and I do get that. I do. But... This is a, and this does stem towards a personal preference part of it. To me, if if you've if you've isolated a limb for that long, there should be something something to show for it, and there just wasn't. Mm. Okay, what I will say, I didn't like the ref. The ref was so bloody slow to counter pinfall, and the way that he went to the mat always made it sound like it might have counted a one. Oh, so it sort of just goes down. Yeah, he like sort of goes. And then one, and yeah, your, your cadence is off. Really, I was getting really frustrated with the dude, and he was also his stripes on his referee shirt were the wrong way. Yes, yeah, that is really annoying. They were horizontal when they should have been vertical. God damn it! 
I'm going to hop back to one of our previous series here. I'm, I'm not it's counting this. It's the picky thing I've ever said in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hop back to uh, one of our previous series here. Um, there, I'm not criticizing. This is not a criticism of the match at all. But I just want to quickly get it out of the way. The camera work at times in this match is fucking terrible. I wonder if that was... I think that might have been like a program within the person who'd uploaded it to get it out of copyrights. Because there were some weird movements in this that I think weren't natural to the show itself. Yeah. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt there. Okay, okay. You get that. You know what you mean? You get that sometimes, especially in the early days of YouTube. Yeah. And this looks like it was a video that might have been. Although, was this on YouTube or Daily Motion? It was one of you, uh, well, on our big database of yeah. uh, links, you had it as a Daily Motion, but that was in part. Uh, no, you didn't have the. No, you had the previous one in Daily Motion. This, yeah, yeah. this was on YouTube. Yeah. It might have been one that was uploaded like in 2009 or something and they still felt they needed to yeah. do that. so i'm not going to hold that against them yet but i do understand there were moments with, with the way the camera was working it to confuse me but mm. i don't know that that's because of the actual production itself yeah um but no um what i did like is we spoke about kent akabashi uh, a lot in this even though he's not in it but i feel i have to at this point we uh both rolling leg cla- rolling leg cradles yeah I, well i call it the, i've called it i've nicknamed it the death roll because as i'm writing notes <laughs> Rolling leg cradles a lot harder to write than death roll. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get a death roll from both or, or rolling leg cradle. Um, okay, I, I, I've I've sort of like gone from like peak positivity the last two episodes to just spending most of this episode shitting on this. There are positives; they are both great athletes. Um, some of the moves they hit are just they you might. <clears throat> Yamada's early doors uh, sort of leg stretch. He sort of like does the Brock Lesnar leg over the stretch shoulders muffler. thing, the stretch muffler. But she, the spinning stretch muffler. I was just <laughs> like, there is no way. Like, I know well, you're. That... Like, Sorry, I was just say, I know you're meant to like minimize the pain you're inflicting on your opponent, but sometimes there's just moves that look like, even though you know it's a work, there's no mm. way of protecting your opponent from that. That just straight up hurts. Yeah. I think the relationship dynamic is very obvious again, like they like to do with all Japan. Even though Yamada's not like noticeably that much bigger than Toyota, she is the bullying, hard kicking. If there's a subtle, she's heel. not. As, her frame's not as slight. No, no. Uh, she might, I don't know, be a year or two older as well. I don't know. Yeah, well, probably both about twenty-two or something at this but point. But in the shoulders, with as well, five her years, shoulders, of her shoulders are a smidge broader. I'd say. But it's also just the fact that she's about kicking the shit out of you whereas your, your uh, Manami Toyota is more about suplexes and high flying moves moonsaults although Yamada does hit a plunger to the outside at one point yeah. um, but it, you know she's she's taking the role that Linus Asuka had in the previous match and Toyota hits a beautiful um, moonsault off the uh, off the top rope not even yeah. the corner the it's top like an as- rope yeah it's an acai moonsault but it's not like in leaps she starts climbing in the mid like yeah that's that's a hell of a balancing act you've got to do, um, yeah. It's and, and then a monitor hits her when she lands on the yeah. floor, which was unfortunate. Now you see why they throw them all away. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, yeah, and, and Toyota just. It's funny, like uh, Jim Smallman says, like most of your favorite moves in wrestling were invented by some one hundred pound, twenty one year old Japanese girl. Yeah. In the nineties, and and you can go. I mean, there are moves in this that no one really does. Like her finishing move is a um, cross-armed electric, electric chair. chair suplex. Yeah, 
She also does a cross-arm Northern Lights suplex at one point as that well. That's really good, to be fair. Yeah, that's yeah, that fellow that should have been a finish as well. Um, yeah. Oh, she does the. She did the um, bridging up from a pin attempt at one point, which was I remember that was how um, Jaguar Yakota was uh, escaping all of her pinfalls. Yeah. But yeah, there's a moment where there's just again, it's just so many, so many moves, and especially like such a long stretch of near falls. Like I said, you might have hitting five backdrop suplexes and only getting a two from it. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it's just especially with how reverent the back suplex is in Japanese wrestling, as we've previously discussed. Mm. Um, it's just pacing's all wrong. It just doesn't I Again, I don't know the pacing's right. wrong. It's, within, it's, it's obviously the culture within the Joshi matches that they just throw so many moves at each other. Maybe because they don't have much of a career, so they've only got so much time to get all the moves they would like to do in wrestling. <laughs> true, true. Maybe that is the problem. Um, but no, as I, I, I Here's another thing to take into account. Literally, just before this match, Yamada had been in another tag team match that Meltzer had rated four stars. Jesus. Okay, that speaks to her cardio then, because none of them feel like you, you don't have time to be tired in this match. Um, so, we, should we get to the finish, or is there anything left in the match, you've got to say? Because what's interesting is after the finish. Uh, there's nothing really I have left to say, to be perfectly honest. Okay. So I finishes with the Toyota attempts her finish, which is the cross-armed electric chair suplex. Yamada escapes. Looks like she's trying to hit, like, a vertebraker. Uh, you know, the inverted power driver. Toyota escapes that. Turns it into a cradle. That gets two. And then she picks her up and hits her with the finish, uh, which is the cross-armed electric chair suplex. Can't remember what she called it off the top of my head. Um, and that gets three counts. And then we get to the post-match angle, and Meltzer basically says, this is what pushed it over the top for me. So he almost, like, he factors in angles okay. into a five-star match because it was a hair-versus-hair match because it was such an intense rivalry that had been born from a tag-team partnership. And a lot of people, I remember reading, because I remember um, Scott Keith on his blog uh, with the Wrestling Observer write-ups recounting this storyline that then... Essentially, after she wins, Manami Toyota remembers what the stipulation was, which was that Yamada has to now lose her hair. She has to have her hair cut, you know, which is like, because it's like the, the top of the you can go. And it's the, she realizes she's basically going to humiliate and, in a way, scar her partner, yeah. who was her opponent. So she then starts crying and tries to stop them from cutting her hair and starts cutting her own hair as, like, an act of support. And then, like, Yamada basically says, no, I lost the match. I've got to go with the stipulation. And she's crying as well. And it was also sort of paid into the pre-match as well, where the, there's a pre-match interview, and they're both very quiet, softly spoken, very nervous, because they know the significance of what's going to happen, which, again, can justify the fact that they had to hit so much to win yeah. a match because of the significance of the, the stipulations, mm. you know? You know, like, Brock Lesnar's got to hit, like, five F5s in a, in a WrestleMania main event, you know? Oh, well, it's, it's very Brock Lesnar-esque in a way, the whole finisher spam, uh, in a way. A modern-day Brock Lesnar. I think there's a um, many a main event finisher spam, which would be... You can be, you can be pretty bad elsewhere, though. But, yeah. um... I know, I know, I'm just saying, it's not, it's not a Brock yeah. problem. Like, Brock Cena had that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um... But it kind of came from this, in a weird way. Because this this infected the indie culture, you know, the indie wrestlers were watching junior heavyweight wrestling, they're watching Joshi wrestling, and they were hitting each other with fifteen different moves before getting the pinfall on them, and that's infected into the WWE. So you could argue that this is another match that's just as artistically influential, yeah, as Dynamite Kid Tiger Mask was. 
whether for the right reasons or the wrong reasons in your opinion. Um, it's whether it's for the right reasons it was uh... but a lot of people said then when they recounted this emotional ending they were saying this is exactly how imagine if they did this basic storyline with like Sasha Banks and Bailey at the time mm. and now I guess you could do it with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch although I don't know that Becky would cry I think she'd be just uh, no she'd be she'd be grabbing the clippers herself yeah she'd probably do it like middle of the match yeah <laughs> But you know what I mean? I think it's something that could, like, and there's so, you know, there is more of an emotional heft to be paid for a woman having to walk around with a shaved head, you know? Yeah. That's, 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 that's how, that's how, how... Holly was able to get onto WrestleMania. I took the words right out of my mouth there. That's what she had to do to get onto the WrestleMania card. It's, uh... No, I, 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 I get, I get that. I get the significance of it all, but I, I look at what the in-ring match was, and to me, it just, it just, everything. I'm surprised so, so you're, you're saying basically that you thought it was a bad match. Oh, I didn't think it was a bad match. I thought it was a good match. But I wouldn't, you know, you're not giving it five stars. I wouldn't give it five stars. Yeah. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying they're bad athletes. I'm not saying they're bad wrestlers. What I'm saying is there was 20 pounds of stuff being put into a five pound bag, basically. And uh, it's it, the line from the Incredibles. Um, what Syndrome says uh, occurred to me during this match: uh, "When everyone's super, no one will be." And that's just what the moves in this match feel like. Nothing means anything because so but much I is happening. Maybe it is that these ma- these moves usually do finish the match off, and this time they don't, and that's the significance behind it. Like maybe again, we need to know the. That's the problem with taking this like in a in a vacuum almost. Yeah. Although, it's not going to be much of a vacuum for much longer, because, Sai, you may be worried about this, but we have eight more uh, Joshi matches to come. Ah, no, no, come next... on. To be fair, I, I've I've been positive about the other Joshi matches. This isn't a Joshi well, problem. No you, you, no, you were positive about the first Joshi match, the Yokota Asuka match. You didn't care for the Nagayo Asuka match. Not as, no, for no. very similar reasons to yeah. why you didn't care for this one. But, yeah, look forward to it, because not the next match, but the, match after, the two matches after that, are going to be um, Joshi matches, and then there's a fair few after that. But the next match that we have is one of the very few instances of a Lucha Libre match. As we're going to Mexico for the first time. It's AAA, and it's a six... It's a trios tag team match as Heavy Metal, Picudo, and Psychosis take on Rey Mysterio Jr., Super Calo, and this name seems like a bit of a spoiler. Winners. <laughs> so you've got that to look forward to, Simon. And if you don't like the psychology of Japanese wrestling, Lucha Libre is going to be an interesting one for you. Yeah, yeah maybe. Um, and again, it's not Japanese wrestling as a whole, because I have marked Japanese wrestling five stars in this series. It's just certain times I just look at what we're, what we're looking at and it just doesn't appeal to me at all. You're more of an all-Japan uh, pro-wrestling than an all-Japan women at the point. Well, so based on the saying, evidence we've seen. You're saying yes. you're a horrible misogynist. That's what you're saying. Wow. So, you know. Wow. <laughs> Chuck me right under the bus. I happily will do so, sir. <laughs> uh, but until then... 
if you want to get in touch with us and send you um, all the alt-right people can look at you as their new hero Simon how can they do that oh god I don't know if we want that on that in, in our inbox but if people want to do that uh, they can get in touch with us at Jordan our... Peterson <laughs> oh jeez at our um, email address which is lmtyspod at gmail.com um, we're also on Facebook and we're also on Twitter um, for, if any hatred is to come from this and people think I'm a woman hater you best contact me directly save Lord yeah, from the trouble because I've <laughs> said Jordan Peterson I don't think Jordan Peterson's alright so don't at me <laughs> <laughs> or at least don't at him about that at him about yeah. this like wrestling yeah, that, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to talk about Jordan Peterson I've had plenty of time to consider him and talk about him to people I want to talk to about him. <laughs> uh, but anyway, people get get in touch with me directly on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, so known for if the you... amount of stars you give this match, <sighs> if you're feeling generous. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was my initial go-to for this. Um, <laughs> sod it, yeah, I'd say that. I was going to say um, for if you times free by free by free again, you'd probably have the amount of back suplexes we saw in this thing. <laughs> Well then, my name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L O R C A N M U L L A N for anime. If you want to get in touch with me, you can put an at gmail.com at the end of that, or you can get in touch with me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Letterboxd, all those sort of things. Uh, but until the next time, but until then, my name is Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five star time until the next time. <laughs>